Um, okay, let's, um, let's turn in our Bibles. I want to read two scriptures, a well-known um, passage from the Old Testament and then a miracle from the life of Jesus. Um, so Ezekiel 37, if anyone wants to uh, turn to it or you can, uh, you can just follow along as I read it. Ezekiel 37, the hand of the Lord is upon me, brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them. And I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, son of man, can these bones live? I said, O sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. I'm just going to skip through some of this just for time this morning. Verse 7 says, so I prophesied as I was commanded and as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound and the bones came together, bone to bone. Um, I looked and tendons and flesh appeared on them and skin uh, covered them, but there was no breath in them. And then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come from the four winds of breath and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, breath entered them, they came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. Um, then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say our bones are dried up. Our hope is gone. We are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Oh, my people, I'm going to open up your graves and bring you up from them. And it goes on. It's an incredible, powerful passage of scripture. Can you say amen? amen. Um, then turn with me to Mark chapter 9. And this is, uh, this is uh, the passage I just want to uh, pull a, f- a few things out of this morning. Mark chapter 9, verse, uh, verse 17. It says, A man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. Oh, unbelieving generation, Jesus replied. How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought him. When the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It has often thrown him into fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, said Jesus, everything is possible For him who believes. Amen. Immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the evil spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, he said, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said he's dead. 
But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet and he stood up. After Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, this kind can only come out by prayer. Some uh, translations say this kind can only come out through prayer and fasting. Um, Who knows that our Jesus is a miracle worker? And this family needed a miracle. Uh, The the boy was sick. And um, the the first thing that I want to point out is that the... The real need that this boy had was that he needed deliverance from a vicious cycle of destruction. You see, it's one thing if you have a one-off issue. Uh, you know, you break your leg, you break your arm, you, uh, you, you need a, a particular bill to be paid. It's a one-off issue and you can, you can believe God to meet that need. But who knows that in our lives, the things that rob us of faith the most are when it's not just a one-off issue, but it is a vicious cycle of destruction that we find ourselves in. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Uh, have you ever, you know, you, you ever had, uh, you know, an area that you're struggling in, maybe a, a, an area of sin in your life, and you've, uh, you, you, you felt guilty, you felt ashamed, you've come to church, you've repented, you've received forgiveness, and you've said to God, I'm never going to do that ever again. And then a week later, what happens? You fall back into that sin. And so again, you feel guilty, you feel ashamed, you come to church, you get convicted, you repent, you ask for forgiveness, you receive forgiveness. You say, I'm never going to do that again. And then two weeks later, you fall back into that same sin again. It's a vicious cycle of destruction in your life. It says here that this boy had had this spirit from childhood. And it says in verse 22, it has often thrown him into fire or water to kill him. So I want you to, to picture just how demoralizing this must have been, how, um, how heartbreaking this must have been for this family. You know, if, if one of my children, uh, you know, fell into some water or into some fire and I was there and I managed to reach out and grab them and rescue from them from that fire, can you imagine? I would think, oh my goodness, the relief. Maybe some of you have been in a situation like that. Oh my goodness, thank God. What? that could have been tragic then a week goes by and they go back into the water or they go back into the fire and you reach out and grab them again and you think oh my goodness you know what is wrong with this kid and then another week goes by and they go back into the water or they go back into the fire and you rescue them again and you think this is the most accident prone kid on the planet And then another week goes by, and the same thing. And before long, you begin to realize, okay, there's something here. This kid is in a continual cycle of destruction. And there is, we're constantly on watch, constantly on guard to try and rescue him. But each time you rescue him, he goes back into that situation. I've met many people in my walk with Jesus and it's like their whole life they've been on this cycle of destruction where it seems like they get the answer. It seems like they get the miracle. It seems like they get the breakthrough. But then lo and behold, they find themselves right back in that situation again. Does anyone know what I'm talking about tonight? 
or this, this morning rather. Um, you know, I, I remember meeting one person. He said, oh, uh, you know, I, I've got a bad temper. And the reason I've got a bad temper is because my father had a bad temper. And the reason he had a bad temper was because he had a bad temper. It was this cycle of destruction that could not be broken in that family. Maybe you're here today and it's like you're in that cycle. Maybe it's a cycle of sickness. It's like you get over one sickness, but then you go back into another sickness. Maybe it's relationship issues, problems with your marriage, problems with your kids. Maybe it's a financial need. You, you kind of, you just manage to get your finances sorted and then something else happens that plunges you back into the red. It's like a continual cycle of destruction that you find yourself in. Maybe it's a depression. Maybe it's anxiety, whatever it may be. And maybe you've come to church. Maybe you've received prayer. Maybe you've, you've had some kind of touch in a, in a church service and you think, this is it. I've got my miracle. I've got my breakthrough. I've got the answer. But then a week goes by, a month goes by, and suddenly you find yourself back in that situation that you were in before. But... On this day, the cycle was broken in this young boy's life. This circle of destruction was broken in this, in this family's life. Why? Because the one doing the rescuing was Jesus. And the, my Bible tells me that it was for freedom that Christ set us free. In other words, God does not, Jesus does not set you free so that you can go back to how you were a month later. Jesus does not set you free and it's just a temporary breakthrough. It's a temporary miracle. No, he who the Son sets free is free indeed. He comes to break the cycle of destruction. He says to the uttermost, the book of Hebrews says, it was for freedom that Christ set us free. In other words, he sets you free for freedom. He doesn't set you free for a temporary high or a temporary buzz. He sets you free for a life, a lifestyle, a lifetime of freedom. And this morning, if there is an issue in your life or there is an issue in your family, I want to tell you that Jesus Christ is the deliverer. Jesus Christ is the, is the burden lifter. He is the bondage destroyer. Jesus Christ is the, the cycle breaker. And he can come and step into your life today with his freedom and he can set you free forever. You can say amen to that one. The anointing, the Bible says, you know, some translations say the anointing breaks the yoke. And that's a powerful scripture, isn't it? But, but actually, if, if you study the Hebrew, a more accurate translation is the anointing destroys the yoke. You see, if something's broken, it can be put back together again. But the anointing of Jesus destroys every yoke of the enemy. Every area of your life where the enemy wants to grip you in bondage, Jesus comes to destroy it completely so that you can walk in his freedom and you can walk in his victory. This, the, the father said, um, we, we brought our boy to the disciples and the disciples couldn't do anything. And 
Jesus says, how long must I put up with you? And I don't think that Jesus there was rebuking the father. I don't think he was looking at the father at that point and saying, how long must I think he was looking at the disciples saying, come on guys, I've given you my power. I've given you my authority. Walk in it. He says, bring the boy to me. You see, there are some things that can only be fixed by glory. There are some things that can only be fixed with a face-to-face encounter with Jesus. There There are times when you can go to the disciples. There are times when you can go to an altar call. There are times when you can come to a church service and you can get the answer. But there are some times where miracles are only found at the master's feet. At coming to the feet of Jesus. And so my my question to us is today, who have we come to? Have we come to a preacher? Have we come to a church service? Have we come just to a religious gathering? Well, you might get something out of that. You might not. I hope you do get something out of it. But let me tell you, have you come to Jesus? It's coming to Jesus that we find the breakthrough. It's in coming to Jesus that we find the miracle. It's in coming to Jesus that we find the answer. Jesus said, the the Father said, if you can help us, do something. And Jesus said, If I can. And my translation of that is this. Don't you realize whose presence you're in? Don't you realize whose presence you are in? I believe that 99.9% of our problems would be fixed just by recognizing whose presence we're in this morning. If we truly grasped that almighty God is here in this place this morning, we wouldn't have an excuse of being miserable, would we? We wouldn't have an excuse of feeling hopeless. We wouldn't have any excuse for, uh, for, for feeling like we've got to go through that cycle one more day. When we recognize I am in the presence of the healer, I'm in the presence of the deliverer. I'm in the presence of the one who is the king of kings and the lord of lords. The one who is the name above all names. The one with whom still all things are possible. When Jesus said that, all things are possible for him who believes. Who knows, that was a a timeless truth. That was not a truth that was limited or restricted to to that crowd 2,000 years ago. But that truth is still relevant and still true and still powerful today. That today, here in this room, this morning, with him, all things are possible. Who believes today is a good day for a miracle? Today's a good day for a breakthrough. Today's a good day for an encounter with Jesus. It says that this spirit 
find this really interesting. It says, teacher, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. He's possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. In um, January 2020, um, I was uh, preaching in a church up near Manchester. And I was speaking on a Saturday morning, a Saturday night and a Sunday morning. And at the end of the Saturday night meeting, people began to leave and... Um, a lady came up to me. She said, uh, my friend is sat at the front. Um, can you pray for her? Um, so I, I said, okay. And so I, I went over. And I immediately could tell that this woman did not particularly want me to pray for her. Um, so I, I said, you know, what, what's going on here? And they explained to me that she was the worship leader in that church. But about seven months before, she had lost her voice. Now, let me clarify. She had not lost her singing voice. She had not lost her talking voice. She had lost her spiritual voice. If you asked her to talk about the weather, she could do it no problem. If you asked her to sing Football's Coming Home, she could do it no problem. But the moment she began to speak about Jesus, her entire body felt like there was a burning pain all the way through her body. And for seven months, she'd been unable to pray. She'd been unable to speak in tongues. She'd been, she was able to read the Bible internally. But the moment she began to speak the Bible, her whole body was racked in pain. She could not sing. The moment she began to sing and worship God out loud, something came on her that gripped her in agony. And so I looked at this woman and began to pray. And I encouraged her to pray. And sure enough, she, the moment she opened her mouth to pray, she said, my whole body's on fire. This is killing me. Well, you know, I didn't need to cast anything out. Because this is kind of what I felt. I thought, well, she's on fire. Rain is the answer to fire. Pray for the rain. And so I just began to pray, God, let the rain of your spirit saturate this woman. And very gently, over a period of about five, ten minutes, the rain of the Holy Spirit just began to fall on this woman. And before long, she began to shout and sing in tongues, pain-free. And by the end of the meeting, uh, they were carrying this woman to her car because she was drunk in the Holy Spirit. That was a Saturday morning. She came to church on the Sunday morning. She said, I've not slept all night. I've been singing and praising God. 
And that morning, she got on the microphone and led the church in worship for the first time in seven months. And uh, I spoke to her just a few weeks ago. She said, from that encounter with God, she said, it lifted. It was broken. I was complete. God gave me my voice back. I felt at the time that it was, it was significant that the worship leader, the one who was bringing the sound of heaven to that church, was the one that had lost their spiritual voice. Just a few weeks after that, <coughs> we were told, don't sing in church. Don't pray out loud in church. Wear a mask wherever you go. Keep quiet. You can come to church, but just keep quiet. And I want to suggest to you that I understand the science and the medical stuff and, the, and all that kind of thing. But I want to suggest to you that maybe the enemy has used the circumstances to try and bring a mute spirit upon God's people. You see, it says here that the boy was foaming at the mouth. You see, a person foams at the mouth when often when they have a seizure, their jaw will lock, uh, their teeth will lock shut, and the breath is in them, uh, and the, but the breath can't come out of the mouth because the mouth's shut. And so they will foam at the mouth, and if it, it could be fatal. The church, we have the breath of God within us. But if our mouth is shut, we can't produce life. Why does the enemy want the church to have a mute spirit? Because the enemy knows that when the church begins to speak, there's a rattling sound that takes place. The dry bones come to life again. It says that this boy was rolling around on the dust. But then when Jesus touched him, he stood to his feet. Exactly what it says in Ezekiel, that the dry bones stood up onto their feet. A huge army. You see, God, we, we like to put prophets on platforms. But God puts prophets in graveyards. Because that's where they do the most damage. And he says, come on, I'm putting you in a, in a graveyard. Now begin to speak. Isn't it amazing that, that God, who knows that God has the power to speak and stuff happen? Genesis 1. But God never spoke to the dry bones. God spoke to the prophet. And then the prophet spoke to the dry bones. I believe that here this morning we have a prophetic group of people with the breath of God within us. And as we come out of lockdown, and, and it sounds like all the, the news is coming out that in the next couple of weeks uh, we will, uh, that we will uh, be free from all these uh, restrictions that are in church services. And I want to encourage us, um, you know, lockdown, can it, not only can it be a government rule, but it can also be a mentality as well. And I wonder if, if we've got into a mentality over the past 18 months or so, keep quiet, keep your voice down, don't sing, don't shout. And I believe God is saying, come on, get rid of this mute spirit. It's time to speak, it's time to prophesy, it's time to declare. And listen, 
You don't need to wait until, uh, you know, the masks go and, and all that stuff. That, that might happen officially in a couple of weeks. But listen, in your own in your own home, use the sword of the Spirit. Use your mouth. Begin to speak. Begin to prophesy. Begin to declare. It says here of this boy that he looks so much like a corpse that many said he's dead. You know, there may be things in your life right now that look as though they're dead. But it says that Jesus, the man with resurrection in his fingertips... Touched that which looked like it was dead. And life came. I don't know if he was dead or he looked dead. But neither neither are particularly great, are they? But Jesus touched that which looked dead. And maybe right now it's your health. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's your finances. Maybe it's this city. Maybe it's this country right now. Maybe it's the church. Whatever it is that may look as if it's dead. Jesus wants to come and touch it and resurrect it and raise it up. You know, resurrection is your identity. Jesus said, you are children of the resurrection. You know, we have no need to fear death. He has defeated death. He has defeated the grave. But resurrection is not just your identity. Resurrection is your job description. Is that right? Go into all the world, preach the gospel, heal the sick, cast out demons, raise the dead. You know, I, I put that verse, I, those of you who are on Facebook, I, I don't want to be Facebook theologians annoying. Uh, you know, I, I put that scripture where Jesus said he sent the disciples out and he said, raise the dead. Uh, and I, I put that on, on Facebook and I think it was out of the Passion Translation. And, um, and someone commented saying, oh, I don't like these, these new translations. They're not very realistic. He said, you know, the, the King James, it wouldn't, it wouldn't go as far to say that we should be raising the dead. So I put, well, the King James says raise the dead. The NIV says raise the dead. The message says raise the dead. The good news says every translation you look at, Jesus has told us, I've got a job for you to do. Raise the dead. And I don't necessarily mean go around laying hands on dead bodies. If God leads you, to, leads you to do that and gives you the faith to do that, go for it. But who knows, there are lots of spiritually dead things that need resurrecting. There are lots of things like this boy that look dead that need resurrecting. And how do you do it? You speak. You prophesy. You get rid of the mute spirit. And you begin to declare life, power, Victory, the goodness of God.